So let's talk about the games community specifically, because in addition to Biota, I've also been a member of the International Game Developers Association for eight years now. I'm currently the chair of their intellectual property rights special interest group, which gives me a kind of intimacy with the kind of broader board workings of the International Game Developers Association as well. And what you find with game developers is that they typically only go to game developer conferences. Chris Hecker would stand up at the game developer conferences on a, an annual basis and say, you need to go to broader academic conferences and then the game developers would go away to their respective studios and couldn't actually get funding to go to the game, uh, to, to go to the conferences outside the game developer conference. But I think the best way to get game developers involved with artificial life is actually for the artificial life community to either go to GDC, which is held in the San Francisco Bay Area every year, or GDCE, uh, which is held typically in London every year, or one of the other large game developer conferences is one held in Austin. I mean, they're held all over the place. Um, and actively be there to back up someone like Chris Hacker as a community outside the game development community that has interests within the game development community. And I think rather than asking people to come to a specific artificial life conference, we need to be active evangelists to go to the places where these people congregate. An interesting point with regards to the A-Life conference specifically, and I think this, when I came to, to edit the Biota site, when I came to um, you know, start things like this Biota podcast, my interest was really how to get the historical figures connected with artificial life back involved with the conversation. Uh, the show prior to this one, we had Tom Ray on, and for me personally, that was a kind of conclusion to a series of names that I wanted to get into the Bias podcast to get an understanding of where the folks in the historical legacy of artificial life, people like Larry Yeager, uh, people like Steve Grant, people such as yourself, uh, what their kind of future interests were in terms of empowering the next generation of, of artificial life uh, interested folk, be they in academia or industry, game development, wherever, and how these historical figures actually fitted into the broader kind of narrative. And my sense is that within our community, we have a people with a very diverse uh, skill set. Very few of them, from my surveying and from the correspondence that I receive, attend the Artificial Life Conferences specifically. I would say of the people I correspond with, maybe a quarter or a third attend those conferences. Uh, some go to the other Artificial Life-related uh, conferences, um, uh, ACAL or ECAL or um, the related uh, kind of broader Artificial Life field conferences that exist. But I think what interests me is that there needs to be a community which exists independent of specific conferences, and this is what I've tried to do with Biota, Biota Live, what the Greysum groups are trying to do in a kind of grassroots way all over the world, is to create a, a broader artificial life community that doesn't just meet at these conferences at specific locations. The cost, independently or within industry, of attending a certain number of conferences is very great. Within academia, perhaps less so. Uh, but I would have to pay my own money in order to get to a conference, and I would also need to negotiate my own time off in order to attend any of these conferences. I cannot attend uh, Artificial Life 12. I'd dearly love to be there. I'd dearly love to be able to attend all the Artificial Life-related conferences. But unfortunately, both financially and with regards to work commitments, I just can't do that. And I think this is represented by a number of folks in the community who unfortunately aren't specifically paid to do Artificial Life or aren't connected with Artificial Life Academia or aren't connected with academia anymore. 
uh, we kind of form a broad group that may be called hobbyists in certain circles or um, you know, wanting to do this in the future or what have you. And that's why I think is an important component that these things don't just occur in conferences. They actually need to occur in a kind of broader, more organic community that utilizes all these tools that are now available to us with regards to things like, you know, as we're doing currently, uh, talking over the Internet and Internet radio format. We have a number of people in the chat room who are also participating, but also mailing lists just ways of communicating and getting a sense of the kind of broader planning strategy. And certainly I would implore you to utilize this as much as possible with the International Society to not just make it something that happens every other year with regards to the Artificial Life Conferences specifically or other conferences that are held all over, but make it something which is more a continuous organic communication that will move towards these kind of broader goals associated with the value problem and the kind of smaller aspects associated with linking all the, uh, all the universities that are teaching artificial life currently. And I mean, I think that's an interesting point where we left the conversation a year ago related to the universities world over that are teaching artificial life courses. Recently, I saw a university in Arizona had just started an artificial life game development course. And looking at their material, they had absolutely no material that I would link with what I would consider artificial life, maybe some folks in the community would consider aspects of it artificial life, but we have now gone to the point where the mere term artificial life has been defined in absence of the people that we would consider part of the artificial life community due to a failure in actually communicating what artificial life is in an academic sense as well. So moving to the kind of discussion associated with academic artificial life, did you raise this at the um, International Society get-together? Have you had more thinking associated with how we bring in the, the wide number of universities that are teaching artificial life courses now with a divergent, uh, divergent set of texts? I mean, what's your current thinking associated with that? Well, I think that uh, my thinking right now is essentially the way it was a year ago, I, as I recall, which is, which is the following, that I think these are very good ideas. The challenge is is uh, just finding someone with the time and energy to actually do it. And I think there's there's broad interest in it and uh, broad enthusiasm for it. But, you know, I can tell you, I myself don't have the time to do it. And um, I don't know, you know, and none of the people at the at the meeting that we had at the ECAL sitting around the table had had um, gone the time to do it. Um, in fact, that's one of the things that I'm rather hoping that you might be interested in uh, in uh, in doing, I think that you you do such a good job on on uh, this kind of thing for biota.org that I was thinking that I'm kind of hoping that you might be able to. Yeah, I think what it'll take is an interested and knowledgeable person like yourself, or perhaps someone else, who says, "I think this is important enough, and I'm going to uh, step up and uh, be exercise some leadership." My role on, as the board member would be to help make that kind of thing happen. You know, provide the opportunity for it, provide the, you know, the website, and do what I can. But I don't, as a, you know, I personally don't have the time and energy to do it. I'm just worrying about how to find the time and energy to do all the things that I've already committed to. Although I think it's a really good idea, and I'm, my main job is to find people who do have the time and energy and enthusiasm, uh, such as maybe yourself. Well, I have the enthusiasm. Uh, in terms of time and energy, uh, it's it's an interesting problem, and I think what what interests me with regards to the International Society, we don't, we don't collect 
fees with regards to bios. We don't have a publication. We do this on the back of things like the Internet Archive that provides this audio uh, for free for um, perhaps forever. Um, but I, mean, I think the ability to spend just a couple of hours a week on this kind of problem adds up if it's done over the period of about a year. And what interested me with the new uh, International Society Board was that there are a number of folks who are probably able to invest maybe an hour or two uh, a week into this kind of problem. And from just that relatively small, perhaps somewhat difficultly arranged time commitment, you can still generate something which is, is very productive. In terms of the... It's always difficult with regards to membership. I reflect with regards to IEEE as an organization that I joined very hopefully with the view that they would represent... The, the broader kind of, um, I don't know what you'd call it, software engineering, hardware engineering, broader engineering community in a way that maintained this as being a, a white-collar profession as opposed to the blue-collar profession that we find it now. And it's difficult with regards to these societies, organizations, what have you, to define themselves in a professional way, particularly when they start collecting money in terms of their, their active representation. I'd certainly consider that perhaps there may be benefit in the International Society creating a non-academic membership that went into this, these kind of problems. I think the same problem as we're echoing with regards to the academic teaching of artificial life also exists with regards to the uh, industrial applications of artificial life. And certainly my surveying of that similarly comes from people contacting me and me occasionally doing research, but I do get the sense that there are a number of industries out there. We've mentioned games, we've mentioned robotics. I think the, um, the, the pharmaceutical uh, industries are, are well represented in terms of artificial life research, both with regards to cellular simulation and also search algorithms. In fact, search is huge with regards to artificial lifestyle optimizations. Uh, my own experiences with Noble Ape, with Apple and Intel in terms of processor load and balancing and the kind of problems mathematics that artificial life algorithms provide. So the question is, this kind of surveying also needs to exist not just with regards to academics teaching artificial life, but also the broader uses in industry. And similarly, I think you may be right that in some regard I'm ideally placed because uh, folks correspond with me and I get a sense of a kind of broader community through doing uh, bios live and maintaining mailing lists and these kind of things. But this isn't a role which I'm uniquely privileged in. It's purely through just maintaining these things over a period of time. I think it's a skill set that could be mapped onto a number of people in the community and I think that the passion that exists in this community is clear. I, it would be hard, you'd be hard-pressed to find another academic field that has a, a solid and vibrant hobbyist community, maybe paleobiology, maybe some of these areas have a similarly vibrant hobbyist community. But, I mean, artificial life is relatively unique in that regard too. So the scene, I don't think there's any shortage of people with passion. I think the real issue is with regards to organizing them on focused goals and bringing them together in a way where the time commitment and the way their time is used is meaningful. And certainly I think for the folks on the International Society Board and uh, people who are listening to this podcast who are interested in this kind of project, the time is now to get in contact, and I think Mark and I are both echoing that with regards to getting this idea off the ground. And in terms of the in terms of the International Society membership, I think when you were last on, we talked a little bit about the differing needs of industry and academia and whether the International Society would expand to cover the, 
the needs of the kind of industrial artificial life community and potentially also the hobbyist artificial life community. Have you had more thinking associated with that, Mark? Uh, well, I still think it would be a very good idea, and I, um, you know, there are not any concrete initiatives, unfortunately, that I can point to that we're engaged in to bring this about. But I, I think it's a great idea, and I would. Uh, uh, what I would really love is to. You're raising a whole series of very good ideas, and I like I like them. And um, what I would like to do is somehow create. Figure out how to um, avoid the situation, the following situation. We talk again in a year, and you ask me again about these things, and I say, I think there's still great ideas. <laughs> something happening on them. So, if I I I would like to, uh, uh, I would love it, for example, if on the the society website there were, uh, you know, weekly or on some kind of regular schedule conversations, like the sort of conversations that that you are uh, hosting and uh, creating. I think that would be fantastic. Things like that. And I think it would be easy to uh, have us start to build a repository for pedagogical material, you know, syllabi for courses and cetera, exercises, things like that. Um, that would make it much easier for people to start up a new course in artificial life. Um, but again, it would need someone to, you know, be a leader and, and take the lead uh, making it happen. Same with um, reaching out to these uh, other communities like the hobbyists and um, uh, you know other kinds of professionals. I I, I think it takes it takes uh, a commitment and time and energy on and some kind of uh, inspiration on someone someone's part. Uh, I would like to find such a person and let's say as you were saying earlier, someone if someone's listening thinks it might be that person or might I want to talk about it, then that would be very constructive uh, step. I think that the, I'm sure the board would be in favor of this. And I, I, from my point of view, I think that the main uh, thing that the board, the, one of the most constructive things the board can do would be to help these concrete initiatives of this form to actually take place. So, for example, just to make it concrete, and this is what might not actually make much sense, but um, if you personally, Tom, were interested in maybe um, you know once a month doing some uh, having some kind of conversation about you know maybe uh, about any one of these things, uh, or it could even be more frequently. Anyway, have some kind of a podcast or some internet radio or some format that you know about and you think would be appropriate. Have 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 an event that is connected with or hosted on the society uh, website. That would be great. And you know, I, I understand. We'll understand if you say you you know you already fully booked. You don't have time. But if you would have time, that would be a you know a really constructive step forward. Or if we find someone who would have time to do that, I think you're right that there are lots of people in the community who have these skills. It's just a question of you know even finding the people and uh, collecting them uh, together is that also takes time and energy. And we uh, I'm. Uh, people who are interested in making, you know, investing some of their time and energy on even that sort of adventure. In other words, the time and energy, their time and energy on finding other people who can, on a more regular basis, sustain some of these. Well, we're very lucky to have mailing lists, I think, and I think there's a sufficient number of people in the community and a sufficient number of people that have this as an interest that it would be relatively trivial for me 
to set up a mailing list. And certainly I've been trying to do this through Bios Live anyway in terms of just having a, a regular kind of ping with regards to this topic and getting folks interested and involved. And I agree with you. I think the time is, is right, and certainly I, I don't mind doing this in an organizational sense. Uh, I think what would be interesting is actually translating this into something uh, which um, has full board support and occasionally board assistance from the International Society. I don't know how um, how this would be run as a, a biota project or something related to the International Society directly, but I certainly don't mind maintaining mailing lists and getting folks involved and starting a regular ping. I mean, certainly my background with regards to organizational efforts, both with biota and the IGDA and other organizations, is, is through this kind of um, method. So I don't have a problem with regards to doing that. I think what's interesting is using this as a means of actually transforming the artificial life community, which you can set up a mailing list and get a discussion and get stuff together, but really I think it needs a, a broader commitment. And perhaps the timing with this is perfect in terms of the artificial life conference next year, at least getting the, the broader uh, membership of the International Society and folks attending the conferences connected. I tried to do that with the last conference with regards to the Biota CDs, just in terms of introducing the format, Bruce uh, Damer was at Flint recently, and we're hoping to have at least two of the researchers at Flint, uh, possibly Harold, possibly even Steen himself, on a Biota Live in the near future to get them introduced to the format and also the, the broader kind of dialogue. What interested me with Bruce's time at Flint, however, was that even within the scope of kind of wet artificial life, the history and also the contemporary power of soft artificial life, the open source methodologies, the way in which these communities are formed and organized, but also the way in which uh, overworked software engineers still manage to contribute to these open source uh, developments wasn't really understood by the, the folks that Bruce talked to initially. So I think there's a, there's a lot of two-way communication that can exist in these kind of uh, forums. And what interested me with regards to what Bruce was talking about in his own track at Artificial Life 12 was just an ability to kind of reintroduce some of the soft artificial life, some of the hobbyist artificial life community with wet artificial life and actually um, generate some broader kind of discussion. And I'm certainly interested in, in doing that through uh, setting up perhaps two separate mailing lists. The interesting problem with regards to industry, and this is something we touched on when you were last on, is that it will require some kind of change perhaps in the artificial life conference format or perhaps motivate different artificial life conferences that are specifically tailored to the needs of industry. And within software, which is my own, my own um, particular interest and background, there have been a number of examples. I like to use Sun Java programming language as one in terms of how... A, a company or potentially a community can actually channel the development of something that not only answers specific problems in a broader community, but also continues to evolve through this kind of community um, solid base interaction. And I think we, uh, we have a, such a diverse community that certainly the skill set exists within the existing artificial life community to, to do this kind of outreach into industry and create uh, conference structures that would be a lot more receptive and perhaps the same model can also be used with regards to the game development community as well 
because they have very specific needs. When we have game developers on, we have a, a few folks in the community, in the hobbyist community at least, that also are uh, independent and uh, small team game developers, and they give us a great insight. But my own correspondence, my own talking with regards to relatively senior executives in, in large game firms, THQ, EA, these kind of companies, is that they are also looking for some degree of insight, some degree of feedback from the artificial life community in terms of what the current capabilities are. Now, whether this becomes spin-off small artificial life games companies, and we have Steve Grand on periodically to talk about the, the follies associated with that uh, kind of endeavour, I think we're, we're well-placed with regards to the knowledge base within the community. It's just a matter of actually reaching out to these, these other areas and finding a, a common ground, but also you know, where, where we can uh, move artificial life in particular directions to solve particular problems. I, I'm not sure if the International Society's discussion is really up to this point, but certainly uh, from our discussion this evening, I, I implore you and, and others who are listening who are going to be attending Artificial Life 12 that if there was a, a broader discussion associated with the value problem that these kind of things were raised, that we may have to move slightly beyond our comfort zones in order to bring more people in. I mean, this seems to be something that you've talked about as well, Mark. What I would, what I would, uh, well, I think these are, I obviously support these kinds of stuff, but what I would particularly like to do, though, is, uh, if it's possible, is not just plan to have a confab, you know, where we get together and talk about these things, but uh, plan something more concrete uh, that has more specific deliverables, such as a meeting at which we don't talk about these problems so much, and we spend a little time talking about them, but then we actually work on solving them. So, um, you know, for example, um, uh, you were talking about uh, the fact that the word needs to get out about, the, with regard to the value problem, the word has to get out. There's a kind of branding uh, effort that needs to happen with regard to artificial license. We're pointing out artificial term, artificial license, public consciousness being shaped by people who are not part of the artificial license. The artificialized web, uh, the artificialized entry in Wikipedia is, you know, not uh, that great. And so the kind of thing I would feel a little bit even more excited about is if we had a a party, you know, a meeting at this conference or some other. I mean, the conference will be natural and everyone gets together. And we discuss some things, but then actually people go in the corner and actually get down to do some work. So, for example, you have a group of different people that are actually going and editing the Wikipedia page right there. And so the thing is, I, I, I get anxious if we talk too much and don't act. So I would like to create uh, opportunities and, uh, you know, context in which people can act and direct it in constructive ways whenever possible. Certainly, certainly. We've had Jay Lemon on. He was the primary editor of Artificial Life in, in Wikipedia, and I think he was overwhelmed. I think he corresponded directly with you with regards to the wet and soft definitions, Mark, potentially with, with uh, Kathleen Kennedy. But I think the, the problem with regards to Wikipedia is exactly what we're discussing, that you can overtax uh, individuals, and particularly the historical I mean, you, you, you talk to different artificial life developers and they give you quite a different history associated with artificial life. And something that's interested me through Bios Alive, you ask people, particularly uh, Tom Ray, Tom Ray gave it beautifully in, in narrative form, but as you look at the time evolution and where people were at specific times, their own perspective associated with artificial life 
and that their historical context can be very, very different. And I think that's the problem with regards to the Wikipedia entry specifically, is that we haven't taken a lot of time to publish a, an accurate history of artificial life in a way that which could be reconstructed in something like the Wikipedia article. It almost needs a, a kind of book or direction in itself. I mean, we had folks like um, Stephen Levy and uh, obviously Chris Langton did publications through the early conferences that gave some historical narrative. But it's, not, it's, it's a non-trivial problem in order to construct a Wikipedia page that accurately represents the breadth of artificial life and what has happened in the Wikipedia entry is that it's kind of fractured into different directions, organizations and, and these kind of things and completely lost any, any basic meaning uh, for folks that are surveying it. I agree with you entirely that this needs to be something which is based on action rather than talking. And I think what interests me with regards to the stepping between Artificial Life 12, the related conferences, potentially a Biota 5 conference in Manitoba, the year following perhaps a conference that I might actually be able to attend myself, is the idea that each of these points needs to see a lot of action in between them. And certainly if we were doing something at Artificial Life 12 related to this value problem, we would need to have a good degree of work actually finished by the point of Artificial Life 12 in order to pass it on to folk to, to kind of carry on in some regard. So I don't think creating these things at, at points and conferences necessarily is just about talk. We need to motivate a great degree of action uh, through. But I, I see our time is, is concluding. And Heron, you've, you've listened into this. You've commented that you think uh, TalkShoe and the related uh, electronic mechanisms that we've already tried to use are, are very good ways of actually getting folks communicating. Do you have a, a final question or a final thought for the show this evening? Um, no, not really. Actually, I'd like to speak to you after you finish the recording and give you a couple hints on um, how TalkShoe works. I've done a lot of casting through uh, TalkShoe, and I, I think I might be able to help you a little bit. Right. I've been doing these Biota podcasts for about four years now. We moved from a previous internet radio uh, service provider to TalkShoe uh, about six months ago. So for the past two years now, we've been doing Biota Live in a live and open format. And for, for two years prior, we did a more traditional kind of interview style uh, podcast recording with, with active participants. We had, we had Mark on one of the early ones of those as well. So um, certainly we'll, we'll talk afterwards. Mark, I'd like to thank you uh, once again for the opportunity to, to talk with you this evening. I think what you've given us this evening is a series of takeaway uh, topics and things that will go out through various mailing lists in the next few days, no doubt, and hopefully yield a, a small working group that is willing to look at uh, the specific problems associated with uh, academia with regards to the variety of academic institutions teaching artificial life, potentially unifying them or at least bringing them together in some surveying. And also the, the benefits of uh, outreach and industry. I think there are a number of possible uh, work groups that could be created from what we've discussed, obviously Artificial Life 12 as well. So I'd like to thank you once again for the, for the opportunity to chat with you this evening. And maybe in, maybe in three, maybe six months' time, we can get back together and talk about the progress associated with this. It's always a pleasure to talk again. I'd be happy to talk again. I hope there will be progress to report, too. Well, thanks again for the opportunity to uh, have this conversation. It's been a pleasure on my part. So I'd like to thank the folks in the chat as well, and uh, we have a few familiar faces, and obviously we have we have Heron on for the first time, and I look forward to talking to Heron after the, 
conclusion of the call this evening. Thank you all for listening in, and thanks again to Mike for participating. Good night.